Hey, Rue. Yeah, Daddy? You want to do a podcast with me? You want to do a podcast with me? Nothing can keep us apart. Nothing in this world. You and I, we were meant to be together. Welcome to Rue and the Preacher Dad, where a preteen... That's me. And her pastor dad. That's you. Talk with each other about big stuff and the little things that matter. In this episode, we'll be talking about life during a global pandemic, how we feel emotionally and mentally, God's role in all of this, and even life when this subsides. Whew. Sounds good. You ready to talk it out, Rue? Are you ready to listen? Always. It's Rue. Preacher Dad here. It's been a while since we talked, and we kind of wanted to catch you up. Because the first recording that we did, that first episode that we finally got to share, that was in August of 2019. And here we are a couple of days into May 2020. A whole lot has changed since then in the world, which we'll get to in a second. But with you, you are 12 now. You had your 12th birthday back in January. Still haven't had my birthday party. We were going to yeah. have a birthday party and then we like never planned it and then this started and it just get, got all derailed and stuff. True so. enough. <sighs> we're, your mother and I are good parents. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't give people the wrong impression. I know. Yeah. But, 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 even, but even still, yeah, you're right. So we, we had every intention of doing your birthday, and then this happened. So what is this that happened? COVID-19. What does it mean to live in the COVID-19 era? Isolation. Don't really see that many people, and people that you do see, it's just like business stuff. I remember when this all started, I would go on youtube and there would be like this break like this row of of breaking news stuff and i would just see like stuff that was happening in asia and i didn't really know much about it and i don't really know how i learned more about it but i think it was probably mostly from school because they were always making jokes about it which is not i guess that's just what kids do they what what were the jokes well, I guess when someone coughed or something, they would, like, say they have the coronavirus. But I guess they just didn't realize that it was serious just because it hadn't reached the United States that much. Or at least the Brazos County at all. Yeah. At that time. So we wanted to get into talking about living in the era of COVID-19 because... Playing that first episode where the intent was to introduce ourselves and let you get to know us, that seems weird in hindsight just because that was such a different world. Yeah. And even some of the stuff you were talking about, Ruthie, you, you talked about in that episode how you liked to go with me to the hospital to see people, um, to lift their spirits. And yeah. Especially I liked them wanting to, and I like was talking about how I wanted to go to like the baby visits yeah stuff. yeah especially the baby visits but now that would seem like terribly negligent parenting because I 
couldn't even go to the hospital if I wanted to, to visit people because of COVID-19, much less take my daughter with me and put her in harm's way. Yeah. It just seems like a different world. And it was just a matter of weeks ago, but everything's changed. So we were talking about how this is arguably the biggest event for us to face as a country since World War II. And why did that surprise you when I was saying that? I mean, I just don't think about it that way because of World War II and the Holocaust being such a tragedy because people were killing other people, I guess. I mean, I know that COVID-19 is really serious, but when it comes to that stuff, I just didn't really agree, I guess. What I've what I've learned about concentration camps and death camps and stuff like that it's just so inhumanly brutal and insensitive and cruel and that has to do with human insensitivity and cruelty yeah whereas COVID-19 is a non-human entity yeah for which we need a vaccine Mm -hmm. that doesn't discriminate arguably on who it is that it's going to infect but that's a whole nother story about the economic disparities and and everything else that are being exposed by this disease attacking for example more vulnerable populations like our friends who are people of color our neighbors of color but I think what I was trying to tell you is that it's not about the quote-unquote enemy that we're fighting it's about what we're facing as a country and how we deal with this yeah In World War II, it was about the same narrative that we're facing today of, quote, we're all in this together, right? Yeah. And that meant in World War II, pooling our efforts and resources to be able to fuel an economy that would take care of the war effort and men going off to fight because we hadn't figured out that women are tougher than men yet, (laughs) women going into the workplace to be able to fuel that militarized economy and all these kinds of things i'm just when you said like they hadn't figured out that women are tougher than men yeah i imagine women coming into work and like working harder than the men and then when the men come back from the war everyone's like just just go home and mind your own business (laughs) it's like saying that to the men and they did a better job than you will ever do. Well, that's funny that you mentioned that because actually when I went to go visit our friends in Fort Worth, the McCracken family, and um, Marcy was in a play, and it was about a it, it was, was a, it was a, sh- yeah. a short play about a town where the women went and worked in the factory that the men used to work in during the war effort, and then when the men came home from the war, they were asked to leave and just go back to working in the home, so to speak. And and some of their responses, the women were relief in the play, but a lot of the responses were, no, this is, I'm good at this. This is my calling, yeah. right? Yeah. But unfortunately they didn't have a choice. Yeah. So the we're all in this together thing when it comes to COVID is about sheltering in place and And to raise awareness about how contagious this virus is so that we can all work together to prevent its spread. That's the we're all in this together thing, but we're still divided over that. And so it's difficult how we're facing this as a country. 
Well, yesterday you seemed really, really down when I saw you in a moment there on the couch, kind of in a slump. And when I asked you what was wrong, you said, I just want to get out of here. It's not that I want to get away from my family, though. It's okay if being you do. Here, being here in this house all the time, spending every minute of every day with in here with y'all it's just I don't know I just want to see I want to be able to see different people it's gotten to that point where it's just kind of depressing but you were saying that despite being an introvert you consider yourself an introvert yeah despite that you crave social interaction that it's you've reached this enough is enough point yeah I miss my friends and I miss the people who I usually talk to like every single day. You miss going to school? Yeah. What do you miss about it? My teachers, especially my ELA teacher. And most of my teachers have been like looking, like watching me on the internet and stuff like that with like our music stuff that we've been doing. Yeah. Um, and they're just like really supportive of me and I wanted to see them again. Yeah, yeah. I was talking with your mom about that, how you being on the news the other day for that Free Music Friday thing on KBTX would be the kind of thing where when you went to school the Monday after that, your teachers would be going, hey, that was great, and not being able to see them yeah. sing your praises, no pun intended, yeah. they, kind of a downer. <laughs> they, mo the people that saw me emailed me, but still not the same. There's something about... Seeing their face, but still having a screen between you, mm -hmm. it's just not the same. Well, a memory that I keep close to my heart as we're going through this is one of the last things that you got to do socially before shelter in place and everything else. You got to go to First Friday in downtown Bryan with a friend of yours, mm -hmm. and I just remember the two of you having a great time, but I also remember at some point when it was kind of crowded, walking around the street, the two of you would hold hands. And that's just something that you don't get yeah. while we're having to be six feet apart from each other at the least. And um, I know that you need that. Yeah, Human touch is so important. That's why, for example, when it comes to passing the peace in church, there are many of us who yearn for that, who that's the only human touch we might get in a week. Yeah. And when that's gone, it starts to weigh on you, mm -hmm. how much you miss it. Well, with that in mind, what do you miss about church? I like talking to the regular people that I talk to there, people that are older than me and say hi to me every, every Sunday and and my friends who sit with me, we all sit together at the, in one of the back rows every Sunday and talk. And my book buddy, who is basically my, like my mental support, we talk to each other about the books that we read. She gets me into, she got me into a lot of the books that I read. She got me into Twilight. She got me into the um, I Am Number Four book series, and um, we just talk about those books all the time, and it's really fun to 
talk about them and yeah. What do you miss about being at church versus being at home for church? Because we talk about the church not being a building, but it's the people. We still get together online for the worship service and everything, but you physically are with your family watching the service. How is that different from actually being in the sanctuary with the people that you just described? There's something about the energy, I guess, if I wanted to be all spiritual. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, unpack that. What do you mean by the energy? Um, what does the energy feel like? I guess like? The, the being together in one space and worshiping is just makes everybody's day, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, just being there with your friends, being able to talk to each other and singing together and reading the Lord's Prayer and everything like that together. It's just a feeling of togetherness and you don't get that online. How is uh, talking to a camera and empty chairs, no matter like if there's pictures of people on the chairs, how is that different for you? Well, I have to say before I answer that, for me as a pastor, I have really cherished being able to be with you and your brother and your mom and experience worship, even though it's online. I'd prefer to be in the sanctuary, but even though it's online, I get to be with you. I get to sit with you. I get to worship with you. And I don't have to worry about um, or be concerned with the leadership of the service in that moment since we're recording it and then streaming it. We had tried to do it all live the first couple of weeks that we were doing the worship services since the CDC said that we needed to shut things down. But that just was so stressful to try to do everything live. Yeah. So pre-recording is a lot better. Especially because the internet is unreliable. Correct. Yeah. We had a blip in the sermon. That was, oh man, that was, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah, you came home and you were really, I don't know, like sad and frustrated, I guess. I was. I was. Yeah, so just context here. When I preached a sermon live in a virtual worship service a few weeks back we lost the internet connection that was streaming it for a couple of minutes so two minutes of the sermon were totally gone for the online congregation and then by the time we got the wireless working again we had lost we had lost two-thirds of the viewers in that moment so it was just and you just spend I'm not saying this in any sense of ego I'm just Here's a bit of information. You spend hours and hours and hours working on a message. And you don't do it because you want some sense of reward for a job well done. You do it because you want to magnify the goodness of God. You do it because you want to help transform somebody's life. You do it because you want to make the world a better place. And so when that gets lost... those were the emotions I was going through when I came home that day and was just sunk. Yeah. You know, but it helps to pre-record it. and gives us a better level of control. Yeah. All that being said, recording it is, well, it's interesting. Today, for example, today is May 2nd, and we recorded 
the entire service that we, that is going to stream tomorrow, May 3rd at 11 a.m. And we had recorded about 45 minutes worth of the service. Actually, we'd done 45 minutes worth of work, and we figured out that one of the connections wasn't plugged in. So we had to re-record that entire thing. And that's just so frustrating because in real time, you make mistakes in how it is that you lead the worship service, and people just kind of laugh and you move on. It's human error. It's a part of the energy, like you said, Ruthie, of the experience, doing actual worship in real time. We, we mess up all the time, but it's just a part of the joy of being finite human beings. Yeah. Well, yeah, so you asked about preaching into a camera. Yeah, it's not the same. Yeah. It's, it's like a friend of mine was telling me about some interview that uh, Chris Rock, he's a comedian and actor, and Chris Rock was talking about how doing stand-up comedy, he loves to do it because you get an immediate response. And you know, based on the, con- the I almost said congregation, <laughs> you, you know, based on the crowd's reaction, if a joke is funny or not, yeah. and there's your energy. Yeah. But if you're doing a movie, you don't know if it's funny you, because you're recording it. Yeah. Let me ask you something else about church life that tries to go a little bit deeper. Under the circumstances of quarantine and shelter in place, furloughing and job loss, food supply chain being disrupted, healthcare being rattled, to put it mildly, funerals happening where people literally can't attend, yeah, and everything in between. This causes people to ask questions. Questions like, where is God in all of this? And I'm wondering, how is God working in all of this? Do you ever think about that? I think I've thought about the fact that prayers aren't always answered the way you want them to. The the way you want them to be. And I was thinking that this is just a theory because some of this, this Christianity stuff is still kind of mysterious to me. But you were saying that some people think that God made this happen, and I was thinking that maybe God is, like, letting it happen to an extent, I guess, so that we can learn to, for example, like, cherish human life a little more and evolve in different ways and work through it together, and it doesn't kill you, makes you stronger, which isn't very, isn't very appropriate at this time. But I feel like it sums it up a little bit in as far as like our country as a whole or our planet as a whole is concerned. If this doesn't like totally destroy us, then it could help us in a way. What you just said brought to mind my favorite book of the Bible, which is Job. Or I always it, thought it was pronounced Job. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. There was a kid in the youth group that I served before coming here who... I uh, thought you pronounced it job. <laughs> <laughs> but there was also a kid in that same youth group who thought that Pontius Pilate's last name was pronounced Pilate. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate. Or Pilate. Yeah. Pilates. <laughs> yeah, Pontius Pilate. <laughs> uh, so Job, the whole story of Job, 
these terrible things happen to this man, and he is considered to be the most righteous, devoted to God person that there is. It's my favorite book of the Bible because there's so much there. It's, a, it's such a mystery. But here's the thing. A stereotypical interpretation of Job is that God does these terrible things to Job. But God doesn't. In the very first chapter, what happens is the angels and Satan with them come to God. And Satan wants to put Job to the test to prove that Job isn't a righteous, devoted man. That he will turn his back on God. And God says to Satan, go ahead. Because God knows that Job is a good man. Now, the tension in that, based on what you just said, you just said God isn't making this happen, but God is allowing it to happen. Likewise, God allowed Satan to inflict all these horrible circumstances on Job that flipped over his whole life in the most catastrophic ways. But he stayed strong. He stayed strong. Yes, he got frustrated. He got angry and he even lashed out at God. But in that lashing out at God, God speaks to him. And there's this ironic comfort that comes through the whole thing. And there's resolution at the end of the story. And it, it's much more complicated than my summation right now. But that's what came to mind. And I think that there's a tension like that in what's happening right now. Like you, I do not believe that God creates horrible things to happen. Certainly not things to inflict pain on people. But I do think that there is a degree of God allowing for things to happen throughout the world so that something new can come of it. Yeah. I was telling you earlier that people that are saying or think that God is doing this, it reminds me of Greek mythology, all the gods lashing out at humans because they yeah, do yeah. stuff to anger the gods and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I will never be able to keep up with that kind of stuff because so this is getting off topic, but like there's so much stuff about like titans and gods and like are you a titan or are you a god and what's your story and why are you marrying your sister and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, I can't imagine God being among all those other being thought of as an, just another one of those Greek gods and goddesses. God. Yeah. Right. right. God is not, as I have said many times, a puppeteer that keeps us on a string. Yeah. There is there is free will. There is the notion of us being placed where we are in this particular beautiful context that we're in, in this flash of time that is our life. Uh, there's something to that where we are empowered to make the most of it. There's also a comfort that comes in knowing that God is with us every step of the way. And so even though what we're going through right now with this COVID-19 stuff and all the effects of it, I know that God is with us and working a new thing in the midst of it. We'll see how it is that we are going to come out at the end of this whole thing. But there's going to be a birth of something new. We'll just have to see what it is. That reminds me of how when volcanoes erupt, they make new land. Now there's a good image. Why don't we end on a lighter note then? Let's say all the shelter-in-place ordinances are lifted. Magic. All the physical distancing is over. More magic. There is a vaccine, and it's accessible to everyone, no Sorcery matter what. And magic and wizards. And Where's the first place you're going to go, and what are you going to do? 
if I had a car and <laughs> well, by the time this is over you'll probably be 16 and <laughs> maybe you can drive mine <laughs> I would go to every single one of my friend's house and give them a hug I think one of the first places I would go is to your uncle Mikey's barbershop get a haircut a oh I need a haircut. haircut right now and mm. then after that I would give him a big hug Probably before it, too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll have to get, I'll have to think a little bit deeper about what I want to do when this is all behind us. But I love your answer because seeing friends and giving them hugs, that's everything. I'm thankful that I can give you a hug every day. So thanks for talking to me. Thank you for talking to me. So good people, thanks for listening to us. We love talking with each other and being able to share a little bit of our highs and lows with you and our conversation is a gift. So again, thank you. And if you want us to be talking about particular topics, we'd love to hear from you. So let us know and we'll do our best to talk up the things that matter. Sound good, Rue? Sounds good. We are invincible together.